You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. Stephen Ferris is an entertainment attorney. You may know him better as Blue Bailey, an alias he has used as a performer in the adult entertainment industry for more than a decade. Stefan counsels LGBTQ and adult content creators, and he is part of an emerging generation of openly queer and sexually progressive activist attorneys who see the law as an opportunity to make social, civic, and cultural change. Stefan is also the producer and co-host of the entertainment law podcast, Reading is Fundamental. He is licensed to practice in the state of California, with his primary residence in San Francisco, and an office centrally located in the heart of San Francisco's Castro District. Stefan, thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. You're an interesting guy. Just today you surprised me. I invite all my guests to send me a bio and a promotional photo. I do that uh, even though I stalk everyone online ahead of time, of course, to do some research. Uh, oftentimes in a bio, I'll learn something new. Well, it wasn't that that shocked me. It was that the bio you sent was very kind of formal, Stephen Ferris, Law, Esquire, and then the promotional photo... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is you in leather cap, gloves, vest, otherwise naked. And that I think totally sums up why I find you so fascinating. It's because there have been porn people over the years that have been doctors and lawyers and, you know, brain surgeons and probably astrophysicists, but they kind of keep it all separate. But that's not true in your case. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually I I read the intro email and forgot that I owed you a bio and pictures until we were talking today. So I kind of I recently taught an adult entertainment class for the Practice Law Institute, which is for like big law attorneys. So I just kind of copied and pasted that. But yeah, I guess to answer your question, I I started doing porn long before I decided to be an attorney. So in terms of content and images existing in the universe of me, like that ship had sailed. When I was in law school, I kind of had like a retirement from porn and a separation. And I was really worried that doing porn or doing sex work was going to either prohibit me from passing the bar or prohibit me from getting a job that I really liked because a lot of big law firms are conservative. And I was chatting with one of my professors who was gay. And I was like, should I list that I volunteer for the Folsom Street Fair on my resume? Is that too much? And it kind of reminded him of him, like in the 80s, whether he should list just gay organizations or not. And his response basically was, if you have to hide who you are on your resume or at work, you're probably not going to like working there. And as many doors as it may close for you, it will probably open up a lot of other doors that are more appealing to you. And it, it took a minute for that to settle in. I worked for a law firm after after school and did more traditional roles, but I've kind of learned that instead of like siloing away like my Blue Bailey identity to 
and kind of bring it in all into one person and and kind of uh, experiment with that and just kind of be open and, and working in adult entertainment and the law side and kind of focusing on that and leaning into it. Has there ever been a time when it, when you did get a negative response? I mean, I'm sure there's probably a lot of times where I did not get an opportunity or was not considered, but that decision may have happened behind closed doors. Like I'm, I'm pretty open on my social media, what I do and the pictures I post. So who knows if an employer is going through and sees like a bunch of ass mm-hmm. pictures and what their pictures, what they're thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I guess the most kind of pushback I, I felt uh, was when I kind of first entered law school. I went to school at UC Hastings. It's right in the middle of San Francisco and the Tenderloin. And I thought a San Francisco law school has got to be full of a bunch of progressive faggots. For the most part, it was, but there was a lot of students that weren't from San Francisco that were from other states that kind of brought a little bit more of a conservative kind of well-behaved gay aesthetic to it. So like wanting our queer association to participate in Folsom and do things around the kink community or sex workers was a little bit jarring for them. And, and that may have created a little bit of a divide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've since come back to, to Hastings at like one of their queer student alumni get uh, like get togethers that um, it seems they, they seem pretty awesome and with it now. So I think that's great. You're inspiring me right now. I just want you to know oh, that <laughs> for the past 10 years, I've kept my professional life very uh, quiet. I've been a registered nurse. I haven't made that public. Okay. So you were in porn first. I want to get the timeline down. Here, here's another example of you kind of crossing your careers, your tagline on uh, just for fans and OnlyFans is infamous cum dump turned activist attorney. Uh, you don't see that very often. Yeah, no, I hope it separates me a little bit. <laughs> you, you consciously are using that as a way to kind of set yourself apart in the in porn. Yeah, I mean, I maybe not necessarily in porn, but I guess just in in life. Again, there was at first this need to separate and silo. Like I had a Blue Bailey Facebook. I had a Stephen Ferris Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then at some point I just was like, there's no need for that. I just want to be who I am. So I've, I probably have, um, I mean, my, my grades alone probably prohibit me from working in super fancy big law firms, but I've kind of like realized that that's not really what I want for my life. I, I want to, um, work in the community. I want to work with performers. I want to work in entertainment. And I think those communities are a lot more accepting of someone who is like someone within the community. Yeah. And you recently launched the podcast. Reading is fundamental. It says in the description, our goal is to provide education to independent content creators through the lens of our lives, particularly our love of drag race which is why the podcast is called reading is fundamental. And you go on to state that it's, you got to read your contracts. (laughs) Yeah. hundred percent. We were inspired by a YouTuber called Bussy queen that usually reviews drag race episodes, but did like a one-off episode where they got a hold of the drag race contract and broke it down. We thought that that would be like a really fun, just channel being queer content creators and breaking down queer topics and entertainment for non-legal audiences. I know when I was doing porn and stuff like that, I would read a contract, but I didn't really understand what was going on. And I didn't understand what rights I was signing away or ways to negotiate different things. 
And we thought that it would be helpful and beneficial to kind of bring our skills to a non-legal audience. Yeah. Is there is there a connection contract-wise between drag race and porn actors? Or is they're not necessarily related? Uh, I mean, they're not explicitly related, but like a lot of the things, there's a lot of similar, I guess, clauses that you could say, like signing away your right of publicity, things of copyrights and brandings, mm-hmm. production or filming requirements may be similar. I think a porn contract is basically just a release that would be a page or two, unless you're signing an exclusive agreement. And when we did the drag race contract, that was, I think, over a 30 page, very well thought out, very thorough. Wow. <laughs> Setting your your soul away to Ursula moment. I was listening and watching one of your episodes, and you were interviewing Dominic Ford. Yeah, he's uh, the CEO of uh, Just for Fans. In the interview with Dominic Ford, you, you talked about you know what you can do is being so regulated. Like he even talked about the credit card companies are paying people to watch porn and monitor the content for things that might be too extreme, whatever that means. So have you, have you modified your own content with that in mind? No, I'm, I'm super lazy. Uh, I, I barely release content. I try to release something once a week. I've taught myself how to edit and my editing skills aren't great. (laughs) Uh, I also like run a law practice and have been working, like produced a podcast and I've been writing a book. So the uh, creating content is the least priority of mine. So, so when it comes down to like, do I edit myself uh, and what I show or create? No, I do a lot of fisting and OnlyFans doesn't like fisting. So I'll post a video to OnlyFans and if it gets taken down, it gets taken down and I don't, I don't bother mm. appealing it or trying mm. to create non-fisting content i I kind of like if opportunities to create stuff pop up and it works with my schedule i'll do it and Mm -hmm. release it and if it does well it does well if not it's a hobby a side hobby yeah totally 100 what is your goal moving forward to help the climate around porn and content creators and and rights for sex workers so when i opened up my practice i opened it up i do a little bit of cannabis i thought the predominant work being in the Bay area was going to be a lot of cannabis work and a little bit of entertainment. Uh, and it turns out just because I have the connections to the adult industry, most of my work has been entertainment as I was going through like law school, like every people would say doing entertainment laws, like sexy, everyone wants to do it. It's super competitive. You're not going to make it. And I think I kind of believed that for a while. And it was like, no, I really should like try to focus on something else and not rely on entertainment because who knows if it's going to happen. And I think the biggest shift I've had in the, the last couple of months is realizing that if I, if I really want to put time and effort into focusing on entertainment law, I can make it work. I just need to follow up with the work that to do it. So I've been trying to lean in on being a performer and lean into the adult entertainment sphere and network and, and create clients through that. In terms of activism, I think kind of like what you mentioned earlier, there's not too many people that are sex workers or that are sex positive, that are professionals that are open about it. And I think just having the visibility there kind of hopefully uh, encourages other people to be open and visible and kind of helps normalize our life not lifestyle, but like being kinky, being sex positive. I've been able to teach 
attorneys on issues related to sex workers, issues in porn. I remember when I was in law school, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation tried to pass Proposition 60 in California, which would have mandated condoms in porn. And they had a very, on its face, it was a very easy sell. Like, hey, do you want to stop HIV? Like, do you think porn performers should be protected from HIV? Then yeah, you want to vote for this. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it took a lot of autonomy away from people. There was like a lot of nefarious things built into it that would have let their CEO profit from lawsuits against performers who chose not to wear condoms. And it really took people within the industry to bring it to the public's attention and educate the public on it to change the discourse around uh, the bill. And thankfully, the bill didn't go through. But I think it's a good example of, of topics related to sex, related to queerness that are extremely stigmatized and not understood by the broader community. A lot of the porn industry was based in Los Angeles for a good many years. And some things changed there. And a lot of people seem to be moving out here to Palm Springs. What was it that turned that tide? I feel like that was related to Prop 60. I feel like LA County or somewhere in LA, and I could be off. I haven't done this research in forever, but there was a jurisdiction in Southern California that required condoms and porn. So a lot of the studios moved. uh, And then the initiative Prop 60 was going to make that statewide. So I know a lot of the gay porn studios in San Francisco ended up moving preemptively to Las Vegas and then just kind of didn't move back when the bill failed. Mm -hmm. Your casualness around integrating your two lives is just so amazing to me. Anything else that you want to share with the listeners? So in addition to the podcast and Do It By Firm, I'm also writing a book. I'm working with Unbound Edition Press, who just published Alex Chief's memoir, and I'm working on mine. It's called Blue Movie. It's going to kind of be just a collection of scenes about my life, about being in recovery, testing positive, working in porn, and kind of transitioning to uh, where I am today. Manuscript is submitted. We're working on edits and hopefully it will be out in uh, September if everything moves well with the printing. Oh, great. I would say you're really all about being a role model. I feel like for queer people, especially like gay men in particular, like AIDS kind of decimated a lot of our older generation and role models. And a lot of us had to kind of learn things on our own and kind of piecemeal different things. So yeah, I guess... uh, I don't know. I guess I would like to be inspiring to other people and kind of show them that you could, you could be a slut and a professional and still have a, a happy, successful life. Wow. That sums it all up. You're definitely a sexual hero. You definitely belong on this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was nice to uh, chat with you in person. Information about each guest is included in the show notes, along with links to my triple X homepage, Twitter account, and Patreon page. Patrons get early access to episodes. You can help me grow my audience by telling a friend today to visit sexualheroes.com and be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.